0: You are listening to the One Percent Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for one percent of our day. We study God's word, and then we head out to the remaining ninety-nine percent to do something amazing with this life that He's given us. I am Pastor JD Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You can download our free Sound of Heaven mobile app. There's a free digital Bible on there. I keep saying free, free, free. No, just so you can follow along with us, which I do recommend. Uh, and if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Don't want to miss anything as we go through the gospel of. Matthew. I'm enjoying studying with you here. We are in chapter five, which is the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is beginning to draw crowds of people to him because he is doing signs, wonders, miracles, and he turns to the people and starts to teach them. And Matthew records this sermon, which is going to go through chapter five, six, and seven. Very powerful. And the reason for this is so that Jesus can teach them what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. We take for granted 2,000 years later, and look, we all need reminders. We all need to just flat out learn what it really means to operate in the fullness of God, right? But for them, they're coming out of an old covenant where they are having to atone for their sins by going to the temple and doing animal sacrifices. And there was a separation from God for a long time since the really the, the fall of man in the garden. But what Jesus does is he shows up on the scene here. He's the Messiah that has always been promised, and he is Fully man and fully God, and because he's fully God, he can teach us the things of God uh, to, to a degree where we can honestly return to what we were meant to be, and that's to be in His image. Right in the in Genesis, it talks about God; man was created in the image of God. But as a human being, it as God's spirit in a human vessel. We can look at Jesus's life and see, ah, that's the way that I should be. That's what I should strive for. You and I are not going to live perfect lives like he did, but he paved the way. He gave the roadmap of what it means to be a man or woman in God to operate in all the things that God has for us. And that's what the new covenant is, right? It's to know jesus to know god and to make him known to all people and as we started the sermon on the mount jesus goes through some characteristics some blessings right ways that we can be content even in tough circumstances because jesus never promised us an easy life but he did promise us victory in this life and that's one of the real uh, manifestations of the kingdom, if it's not the manifestation of kingdom, is that we have victory in all circumstances. And as he goes through those characteristics and blessings, now what he does, he turns to them and starts to talk to them about identity. And our identity is so important. If we don't know who we are, we wander around aimlessly. But when you begin to understand who you are in the eyes of God, then you could begin to operate on a day to day basis in a little different way, in a way that makes an impact in the world around you. And in our last study, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. He uses imagery and he uses the imagery of salt because. Salt was extremely precious in that time. They would actually pay soldiers in salt. That's how precious it was. And he said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It's not good for anything after that. And it's not that anything is worthless in the kingdom of God, but we we have a purpose. And salt adds flavor, right? We're supposed to add some flavor to this world. But even beyond that, we're supposed to preserve. That's what salt did. Salt preserved their food source. If you had a piece of meat, if you didn't salt it, it would decay. And this whole world is in a certain stage of decay, everything that you see. And that's not just me being critical of the world, although I think we can look at what's going on today and make a determination that things aren't right. But the natural order of everything, if left alone, is to decay. Right? You don't believe me? Take a ham sandwich, put it outside in the sun. You tell me if it moves forward or backward in the process. It's going to decay. So what we are able to do as God's children here on earth is to be a source of preservation, is to be a source of making things last longer, really adding, adding to, we are enhancers here. We're meant to be that. Are you enhancing anything in your life? And the whole purpose is if salt loses its saltiness, if it's not able to do what it's supposed to do, if you have a big jar of salt and you don't do anything with it, then you're not able to work out and walk out the purpose that you have on this life. You only get Every second of every day only happens once. Let's make the most of this life. Amen. So Jesus uses salt as an awesome example. And then he shifts over to one that we should be very, very familiar with. And he says in verse 14, that's where we really begin today. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Which is really cool, because if you remember in John 1, 4, it says, In him, Jesus, was the life, and that life was the light of men. Then in John chapter 8, he says, I am the light. So Jesus himself is the light of the world. Now, the interesting thing here, right, in John 1, John the Baptist comes on the scene, and it says, he was not the light, but he came to testify as the light. So Jesus is the light of the world. John the Baptist is, was not. But then he turns to the crowds and the multitudes and the common folk like you and I, and he says, you are the light of the world. Now, why are we the light of the world? And John the Baptist, not John the Baptist did some amazing stuff. Of course he did. But it has everything to do with what covenant we operate in. We're not greater than John the Baptist because God loves us more than John the Baptist. We're greater than John the Baptist. We're the light along with Jesus is because we are we are able to be the light in the new covenant, in the kingdom of God that was being established. And how do we operate in the kingdom how do we enter the kingdom of God? Jesus said it to Nicodemus. He says, Unless a man is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again is this it's to allow God to awaken the light that's inside of you. And how do you do that? You ask. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that if you would just believe in him, you shall never perish, but have eternal life. That's what Jesus said right after he's explaining to Nicodemus that you've got to be born of water physically and born of spirit. And how does that happen? He says it in John 3, 16, most famous verse of all time, belief, belief. So as you see, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then he looks to you and me and everybody who was there and says, you are the light of the world. So we are not only light receivers as we receive the light of God, We receive that life that is in Jesus, but we are also light givers. We are life givers. We are here to enhance and preserve and offer the life and the light that is inside of us. So let's keep reading. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I love, love, love this imagery. Think of what it was like to journey back then, especially back then. You would be walking, walking, and then in the distance, you would see the light of a city. And that city would, uh, would represent and actually fulfill what? Provision, provision safety, refuge. They would understand this, right? They couldn't Uber somewhere. They couldn't jump on a train. They couldn't jump in a car. They would have to travel for days. And if it's getting dark, there's bandits on the road, there's scary stuff on the road. But you see this light in the distance, and it's a town. So Jesus uses this imagery that we are supposed to be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. One, we're visible to all. We're not hidden from people. But two, that we could be a source of refuge. And here's what I love about the imagery of a city too. If you think about in that scenario, you look and you see lights, plural, you see different windows. And any of us who's looked on a city like Manhattan, like Chicago, like anywhere, you fly over somewhere in a, in a plane, you look down, you see the lights, you realize that in each of those windows, something is going on, that there's life in there. And that's us. You and I, we're different lights. So we have to ask ourselves, are we as a church being a city on a hill that can't be hidden? Are we visible to people? Are we a place of refuge for people? When people look to the church, do they see a a multitude of lights shining out, drawing them to God? And then individually, are we being a light? to people. Check this out, verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put a bowl put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. This is the same concept of if we withhold the saltiness of the salt, right? If we keep the salt in a jar and set it to the side, it has no purpose. It's not able to fulfill its purpose. It's the same thing in this imagery that if you had a light and you put a bowl over it, no, it, does, it cannot do anything. But if you put it on a stand, it lights for the whole house. I hope you catch what's going on here. Jesus is letting us know that our purpose here is to let our light shine, to receive his light and to give his light. Right, The purpose of life is this, is to know him and make him known. So the prayer for even this broadcast is that we come here, we receive some of his light through his word, and then we go out, what, to the 99% of our day and do something amazing. And that amazing could be a lot of things. It could be you giving somebody a kind word. It could be you saying, you know what, today's the day where I draw a line in the sand, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm going to give this person grace. I'm going to take a little bit of my time. I'm going to better organize my time and I'm going to help feed the homeless. I'm going to whatever it is that God puts on your heart. Let your light shine. And why check this out as we close out, as we near our 1% says in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. What we say, what we do should be a catalyst for other people to give God glory. And this is both for the believer and the non-believer, right? We're not meant to just shine to other people that believe the same way that we do. We're meant to be an example to others. Very cool story. I have a guy that I grew up with in school. We weren't really tight in school at all. Uh but through social media we connected and uh not even like that we have a I think a ton in common but uh you know we're both a little older now and and he I follow what he does and he he's got a very cool profession. He follows what uh you know I do and the cool thing is he doesn't believe what we believe. He's not a Christian. And he said that, but anytime that we do anything like feeding the community, like, like doing a veterans, uh, you know, dinner, whatever we've got going on at sound of heaven, he always contributes. And he says it like this, and I'm, I'm not, I'm being a little cryptic here because he always wants to be anonymous and I'll leave it at that. But he says, I don't really totally believe what you believe, but I love what you do. And that allows him to participate in things that are glorifying God. And I'm sure he does other things. Like, look, you know, anything that is good can glorify God. And my prayer for him is that he would come to know the Jesus that, that I know. But I'm grateful for his friendship. And I'm grateful that what we do at Sound of Heaven motivates him to contribute to things that are glorifying God. So just understand in your life, the world is watching. Are you operating your life your life in a way where God is being glorified, not just through you, but that you're motivating other people? And that could be even, you know, grabbing onto somebody that is not completely a believer, or you don't know where they stand and just saying, Hey, let's go, let's go to a, a soup kitchen. Let's donate our time. And I would say that charity is the very beginning part of it, okay? Really, establishing the kingdom of God is more than charity. It's showing people how to live absolutely victoriously in their life when nothing is holding them back. And we're all at different stages of understanding that. But as we close out here, I want to read through this again with everything that we've just studied. And just read through it with every, all this in mind. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to be the light of the world today. Help everybody within the sound of my voice accept. Some of you just need to accept that you are the light of the world. And what does light do? Light exposes the darkness. It goes into the dark places and illuminates. And that's what I charge you to do today in the mighty name of Jesus, to go into dark places and just be that light. We do that, do that through your presence. We do that through your words, do that through your actions. So father, in the name of Jesus, for everybody here, I pray that they would discover the ways today that they could be the light. Give us the strength and the boldness and the courage to walk into dark places and be that light for other people. And Father, let your light shine in and through us in a mighty, mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at SOH.Church. We are going to continue tomorrow with Matthew chapter 5, continuing with The Sermon on the Mount. Love you guys. Have a great day.